Hey, Warwick. Hey, Nick. You have an evil grin on your face. I do. I found some jokes just for you today. Oh, Are you ready? I don't know if I'm okay with this, but let's go. Okay. What do you call a cow with two legs? Nope. Lean meat. But hang on. Wait. Don't laugh yet. What do you call a cow with no legs? No. Ground beef. <laughs> Welcome to the Tradies and Business Podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade, helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. <sighs> At least it wasn't taking the mick out of me about mountain bikes or micro spikes or whatever the heck else you like to <laughs> poke me over. They were actually pretty good. Thank you. I'm just disappointed with myself that I can't figure some of those out on my own. <laughs> well, you're on the spot, so it's a bit hard when you're on the spot. You don't have thinking music. I, I like to think that I'm reasonably intelligent, but I just can't figure out most of your jokes. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me or you, or maybe it's neither. <laughs> anyway... We we are going to have some intelligent conversation today, Nick. Yeah, I'm, because I'm we've excited. we've brought someone in who's really smart. Yes, smarter than us. That's a good thing. <laughs> Unlike you and I, uh, we're just here for entertainment value. Although sometimes I'm not sure we even hit that mark on this no. show. All right, so we're joined today by Mister Matt Hayway from Lifetime SMSF. Now, Matt, I um. I want our listeners to take up the challenge to say that fast three times. Lifetime yeah, it's a SMSF. difficult one to say. Lifetime SMSF. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, my first my first business in software super was called SMSF Outsource Solutions. Now say that one quick. Oh my gosh. That is Try hard. doing that with a lisp. <laughs> Matt, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thanks for having me. Pleasure, thanks. mate. Pleasure. Now we've had a good chin wag. And maybe a tiny little rant um, amongst the three of us before we hit record today about superannuation and government policy and all sorts of cool stuff. Yep. And um, obviously, at the time of recording, um, the budget hit last night and there was nothing, absolutely nothing for nothing us. Nothing for us. Nothing for us as business owners, that is for sure. Although, I think you've got a nice little package of work to do, Matt. Yeah, you have yeah. lots of fees. Um, you, you don't want $3 million in super, uh, over $3 million in super anymore, that's for sure. So, yeah, mm. we've got some work to do there. Oh, mm. yeah. I mean, interesting ride. Now, I'm not sure how many of our listeners have $3 million or more in superannuation. I suspect, like most small business owners, their balance is pretty low uh, compared to perhaps if you were a politician or a public servant. Hello to all of the public servants listening to our podcast. Uh, so, Matt... Um, we're not going to talk about that, though. We're going to stay away from uh, controversial budget uh, releases and stuff. And instead, we're going to talk about probably some things that listeners don't know about that they can already do with superannuation and take advantage of some of the provisions that are already in place. Yep, that's correct. So they um, most people do know what a self-managed super fund is. They've probably heard that they can manage their own superannuation. Um, but a lot of Australians don't understand what's involved and they and they tend to stay away from it um mainly because the marketing on tv isn't around self-managed super it's around um, mm. industry funds and and, and uh, retail funds mainly mainly mm. industry funds so um self-managed super is um if for your audience particularly around tradespeople, there's uh, there's a lot of opportunities for them to take advantage of um of 
their superannuation, particularly, you know, I think a lot of um, small businesses uh, potentially uh, may have started out as a sole trader or, or in a partnership. Um, and in those, those circumstances, they, they probably didn't pay themselves super at all because mm-hmm. there's no requirement. So you're not an employer. So if you're a trader, you start now, your business as a sole trader, your, your first four or five years, you may not have seen any superannuation go into your super. So you may have a particularly small balance. And I think, um, <clears throat> sorry, I think um, a lot of Australians think that the self-managed fund is not for them or, or they can't get access because, you know, ASIC um, spent a lot of time over the last 10 years telling us that you need at least, you know, $500,000 in your, in your super to have one. And that, and it's not correct, you know. They've, they actually have come out recently and they've reduced that down to, to a smaller number. But um, with access to borrowing inside self-managed super, which I'll get to shortly, um, you can actually set your own SNSF up with as little as 900 grand. So mm-hmm. um, it is possible. Nice. Well, yeah. I feel excited now. I've got next to no super like every self-employed yeah. person I know. Yeah, I've been in business for long enough to have no super as well. So, uh... <laughs> well, look, there's and look, the changes up until uh, 12 months ago, you're only allowed to have four members in the self-managed super fund. You can have six members in there now too. So, we are seeing uh, uh, the popularity wasn't as much as I thought it would be, but we are seeing uh, a lot of, uh, say, builder builder brothers. You know, a lot of your trading businesses are, are family-run businesses, and it'll generally be a couple of brothers or or sisters running running their businesses, um, um, they're pooling their super. So, you know, if you've got 90 grand in your super and your brother's brother and his wife have got a couple hundred thousand, you can pull them together and, and, and do things with it. Um, mm-hmm. We aren't seeing as much. There, there's a there's obviously a lot of risk involved in, in respect to that. Um, you know, you'd want to get on pretty well with your, your family. Does that. anybody? Does anybody get on with their family? That's a bit of a loaded uh, I guess, question um, talking to you, mate. But don't, don't work with your family, but probably don't call your super either. But um, <laughs> there is opportunity. But um, look, there's in terms of self-money super, it's not your only option. And I will throw this disclaimer out there that you do have other options. You've got industry funds and retail funds. And but for many Australians, that's enough. You know? um, but with your self-money super, there's the opportunity to, to um, do things you can't do inside an industry fund or, or a retail fund and 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 the, and the biggest one is to be able to buy direct property now matt at this point i'm going to jump in and uh this is the the financial planner in me um and i've had the fear of asic struck into my heart over the years uh, just for our listeners this is general advice so please don't take what we're talking about today as something that you can go out and do categorically um if you want to take action on any of the topics that we talk about or any of the suggested strategies that Matt brings up, do go and seek uh, professional advice. And I'm going to get Matt to give us a long list of his credentials um, as justification for why you should listen to him today. But we are yeah. just talking general advice here, listeners. Yeah, so I'm, I'm a chartered accountant. And um, the way the industry is set up is that I don't have a, a license to provide financial advice. You need to speak to a licensed advisor if um, you want to get advice on where you should put your super. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to do that. Um, the problem we've got in the industry at the moment is that enabled to be able to go and support, speak to a licensed advisor, you need 20 grand to get started. So um, you can, there's plenty of information um, out there to help you make the decision to, to set up a self-managed super fund. And if you do come to that, conclusion 
you can go to your accountant and they can set the thing up mm. for you. So um, you don't necessarily need to get the financial advice. You, you should, because um, what a financial advisor does, it looks at your whole circumstances. Mm. Um, and that's why it costs 20 grand to get to them. Mm. Now, Matt, um, you, you mentioned you're a chartered accountant, which is way, um, way more snobby than, you know, a CPA. I'm actually or, both. Uh... I'm, 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 <laughs> oh, I'm, double. Okay. I'm both. We, I'm, a, I'm a CPA. I did all my, um, my uh, training through CPA, um, but I'm, a, I'm also a CA because our business is a chartered accountant. Yeah, We're right. I, I was unable to uh, stomach the idea of the study and the money involved back in, in my younger days to become a CA or a CPA. And I decided yeah. to become a building rep instead. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, um, it's not cheap to, to keep both of them. That's for sure. Yeah. No. yeah. Um, now, how long have you been in the industry, Matt? I've been working with soft money super funds for 26 years. So I essentially Ooh. I've, I've, I've come out of uni and I've, I started out as a, uh, in business advisory, um, and, uh, quickly moved into self mini super and, and I've stayed there. I've, I started a, um, a, a SMSF audit business um, from the front of the house with about 40 SMSFs and it got to around about eight and a half thousand, um, uh, eventually sold to Deloitte. And then I moved and worked with uh, a couple of uh, SMSF providers in software and, and actuarial um, and worked for Challenger for a while. But um, mm. once my restraint of trade has lifted, I've managed to come back into SMSF and now I've, I own a, my own firm again. Mm, you just can't stay with, away, Matt. Uh, with a view to do the same. So the, the, the plan is to grow it as quick as we can and, and, uh, and retire. Oh, the R word. My favourite <laughs> word. <laughs> and that yes. is what we're talking about though, isn't it? Exactly. So yeah. the, the yeah. ironic uh, double entendre there. But um... what, what I will say to anyone looking at self Mean Super is that um, – your general accountant doesn't necessarily have the expertise to, to manage one. So um, I've been working predominantly with SMSFs all my life and, and my whole team has as well. Anyone that we employ generally comes from our industry. Um, it's a specialised accounting service. So if you're looking to set up a fund or get one managed, then then reach out to a specialist. Mm. Yeah, I think it's a really important point. I've I've had these conversations with several accountants because not only do I have my own fantastic accountant, we talk to lots of accountants here at Treaties and Business, and many of them are almost at a lost or perplexed. Now, I'm not saying they don't understand, of course, but it's not their area of specialty, so they don't can't necessarily answer the, the direct questions that I might like to have answered. So, yeah. like any other area of your life, it's important to work with specialists in the field, particularly one as important as this. This has the opportunity to really set you up, and so finding the right people to get that advice from is is essential. Yeah, that's right. We do work with a lot of accounts. There, there are a lot of accounts that, that acknowledge that SMSF is not their specialty. So we, I do manage clients with other general accountants where he'll take care of the he or she will take care of the um, uh, the business side of things, and I'll just manage their SMSF. We work well together. That mm-hmm. that works really well. Great idea. Matt, I'm going to ask some real layman's terms questions because I feel like I can come in at this angle where everyone's listening and and trying to scratch their head and figure it out. Is this hard? Because to me, it feels really challenging. Is it hard? No, it's 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 complex, but that's not for you to worry about. So the complexity really is in the compliance. So provided that you um, don't just go into self-managed super funds uh, with a view to receive an annual statement every quarter, there is obligations and the responsibilities. So 
Um, a self-managed super fund is a trust, no different than your sort of discretionary trust, whereas you, a trustee manages the assets on behalf of the beneficiaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a self-managed super fund, uh, it doesn't have beneficiaries, it has members. So a trustee, and that'll be, that will be you in some capacity most of the time. There is, uh, there's another alternative called an APRA fund where it's similar to a self-managed super fund, but you, uh, there are uh, professional trustees that manage the, self, the, the fund on your behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem with that is there's, there will be some restrictions as to what you can and can't do. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to an SMSF, but so you you will essentially be the trustee of your SMSF, which means it, it, we recommend that that be done via a company. So you would set up a company, you you be director of the company. Uh, we'd set up a self managed super fund, which is the trust underneath, uh, which uh, which we do all the accounting work through, which essentially holds all the assets, shares, properties, and stuff like that. So the establishment process is fairly fairly onerous in respect to what you need to do, the, uh, the, you're basically dealing with ASIC, you're dealing with uh, the ATL and you're dealing with lawyers. So uh, the process, if you find yourself a good specialist, then for you, it's, it's, it's nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, the process is just signing some documents mm-hmm. and understanding what your responsibilities are. Mm-hmm. Matt, what are the benefits of having a self-managed super fund or the potential benefits? Maybe we should talk more generally. Well, if you're asking me, um, I, I think it's... Um, a good way of showing interest in your superannuation. Um, mm. From my perspective, look, depending on who you ask, you know, um, what part of this in, uh, this industry you ask, whether it's the, the government, the tax office, you'll get a different answer. Obviously, mm. you know, industry funds want all their money in there. Um, but self-managed super, there's a, there's a few aspects, a few, a few things you can do that you can't do within those funds, and that's buy direct property. You know, you can hold gold. Um, God help us, you can buy crypto um, as well. But, you know, Let's not go um, down that rabbit hole, mate. No, we'll leave that alone. It's, uh, it's yes. very popular at the moment for the yeah. new funds to set up and buy crypto. But uh, look, it's, there's, there's lots of benefits in respect of being able to take control. So you know, rather than just ticking a box that says, I'm a, I'm a balanced investor, you can actually take full control and, and get engaged with your super. Mm. And, and like, it's, it's like anything, um, you can, if, within a self-managed super fund, there's, there's costs involved in running it. There's accounting fees. There's your time. Um, but that gives you the opportunity to really get into, into super and making sure that when you do retire, that's, that it's, it's enough for you to, to live off. Mm. So, you know, it's just about engagement, I think. Matt, as well as purchasing property or the option there, can we utilise our self-managed super to do the traditional things, so invest in shares, et cetera? Is that yes, still absolutely. An option? Yep, yeah. absolutely. You can uh, shares, manage funds, anything that you can invest in. Uh, look, there, there are some restrictions. Um, the restrictions are more around uh, related, ensuring that everything's at arm's length. So mm. whilst you can invest in shares, um, uh, uh, listed and unlisted shares as well, you can invest in all that. Um, there's, there's rules around sort of... Uh, making sure that everything's at arm's length. You can't acquire unlisted investments from yourself. You can only acquire listed because it's a way for the, we, we, we can we can uh, make sure that the pricing of the transfer is correct because it's, it's listed. Uh, yep. Whereas unlisted, it's, it's a little bit more uh, um, complicated. Mm. It was uh, something that I used to talk to clients about back in the days when I was a financial planner is, is trying to get them to understand that it's not technically their money. Mm. Um, because people would want to draw it out and use it to, 
I don't know, you know, put some cash flow into their working capital into their business. It's like, well, you know, that's that's yeah. investing in my own business. Like, yeah, it's kind of not no, that's money, correct. you know, because it's, it's Look, preferential money. There's a lot of misconceptions around superannuation, particularly self-managed super, is that um, you can run a business through it, and technically you can, but the way that um, the way that the um, uh, legislation is set up, it is very, very onerous and difficult to do so. Um, now, the first when you when you get a self-managed super fund, uh, it's governed by what we call uh, the Superannuations Act (SIS). Um, the first, the, the main, the main um, part of the legislation is called the sole purpose test, which means that you need um, your superannuation is for the sole purpose of retirement. So that that's how that's how all catch all in regards to superannuation. As soon as you're doing anything that you're getting uh, benefit from now, it's in breach of section 62, mm -hmm. which means that you know, and little things like um, you know, residential property. A lot of people think they can get a holiday house up in up in Byron Bay and go and stay in it three, three weeks a year to clean it. Um, but you can't, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's little things like that. You, you can buy, I mean, one of the, you can buy cars in yourself. I mean, a lot of people buy vintage cars and, and I'll, get, I'll tell you a funny story about sole purpose test. When I was in, when I was an auditor, we had a, we were doing the audits on a, on a fund that had a, a car that was supposed to be sitting in a storage unit now uh, at, at Lizaro on the central coast. And, um, He'd sent he would sent all these uh, receipts in. This is probably back in the day before we even this is before you know we could scan an email. He was sending boxes and stuff in for us. And one of the things he sent in was a um was a fine, was a speeding fine at on the M4. <laughs> oh, no. And he was desperate to claim the deduction. He said, Look, I you know, I've got this, can I claim this? And I said, Well, I said I said, firstly, you can't claim it, but that's not your biggest problem, you know, because there's a picture of you driving the um <laughs> driving the car and driving the, the investment so. along the highway <laughs> <laughs> that's right so so really in terms of self managed super one of the biggest things that people need to understand is that it's for retirement so yeah. um and and even you know buying a property if you if the ato at any point in time can see that your intention to, to, to invest in that property was to move into it at some point in time even after you retire then they might they might suggest that that's a breach of the sole purpose test as well so it's um it's it's very onerous. So each year your financial accounts need to be audited by an um, independent auditor, um, and they essentially they're the one they're the gatekeepers in terms of um, what you can and can't do. Mm. Matt, the I've got so many questions. No, go for I'll it. Stick to the simple ones first. Um, so I assume then, does that mean if I purchase a commercial property as a builder, I can't then rent the property from my super fund? Absolutely, you can. So yeah. um, there's so a super fund can invest in uh, residential, commercial, industrial. They can buy a farm. Now, uh, there's so there's there's options there in terms of what type of property they can buy. Mm -hmm. um, the only property they can't rent to themselves is residential. So to be able to to be able to to buy a, a property inside your super fund and then have your business um, be the tenant mm -hmm. is it has to be business what we call business real property. Mm -hmm. So the definition of that. Um, does not include residential. Um, so you can't sort of buy a house in your super fund and, and rent it to your mum. That's a breach. But you can you can buy an industrial unit or a, a commercial property and you can, provided everything's at arm's length, mm -hmm. you can um, you can lease that property to your business. Uh, Christy and I, my wife, Christy, uh, my wife and I, we bought a, 
in our super fund, we bought a commercial property probably about five or six years ago, um, obviously with the intention to rent it to our business and then, you know, COVID hit and we didn't, um, yep. but you, you can, you can do that. So you, you, what you need to show the auditor at the end of the year is that you've, um, you've you get an appraisal on rent. So you make, the rent needs to be paid at market value. Yep. Uh, the property needs to be revalued each year at market value. Mm-hmm. And you need to be making those rental payments as if, uh, it was it was rented to an unrelated party. Yeah, yep. love that. Yep. One of the other questions I had were about the fees. So you, you mentioned that there is a cost involved, including your time. Is that yep. cost able to come out of your super balance, or does it need to be paid? No, that's it's paid by the super funds. Yep. That's right. Got it. So generally, um, and pricing is it varies depending on who you're using. Which the irony is that I, I'm a specialist SMSF accounting firm and we charge around three grand a year mm-hmm. for, for, for everything. That includes your audit, whereas your, your accountant probably hit you for five or six grand and, and not be a specialist. So so shop around, absolutely shop around if you're looking for value in terms of um, setting up and, and running your funds. But it can come out of your fund, yeah. Tradies in Business was here. Sorry to interrupt your listening pleasure. I'm joined by Coxie, of course. <laughs> Hello. You may not know this, tradie or tradie wife or whoever you are listening to this program, but we're business coaches. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That feels weird to say. <laughs> but we do actually work with people just like you to solve a bunch of problems. And we have this fantastic program called the Tradiepreneur Program. And that's how we do it. And we do it with a wonderful community of trade business owners who are all trying to fix or improve or change things to progress. Things like getting behind on quoting, Coxie. Feeling overwhelmed, behind on your invoicing, feeling really stressed or frustrated about the money stuff. Sometimes you can pay the bills, sometimes you can't. What about staff? Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh, staff. Trying to get them to do what you want them to do, if you can even find them in the first place. Uh, there's so many struggles. And we've seen clients tackle these things in their trade businesses in a quite a short space of time, to be honest, mm-hmm. during the program and recruit staff at a time where everybody was saying you can't get good staff, mm-hmm. improve their quality from their team, collect their debts much more quickly. We How have about sessions. tips? Yes. Getting tips. Yes. So uh, people rounding up, customers rounding up the invoice by hundreds of dollars Mm -hmm. because they're so happy with the sales process and the experience of dealing with the trade business owner and their team. So some amazing stories from our clients. But, you know, as they say in the the commercials, don't take it from us. Uh, (laughs) Hear what some of our clients have to say. Coming into Christmas, we are not worried about money. We've got enough money in the bank to pay everybody's leave. There's work booked in for the new year. And for the first time in a long time, we'll be having three weeks off and not worrying about the business. That's probably the biggest win of all. Using the cash flow forecast, I've been able to look into the future and see where I'm going to be situated financially. And it's actually started to have a huge bearing on whether or not I make purchases. By far, one of the best things about working with Nick and Woz are the other businesses that are working alongside them. It is amazing how empowering it is to be working alongside like-minded people who have similar goals, similar troubles. We can all relate to each other and everybody helps everybody out by 
figuring out problems with you that they may have faced previously. Everybody has solutions and constructive feedback and it's an incredibly friendly, warm, welcoming environment, not threatening at all. From every job, I know that I will get a sustainable wage that's industry leading. I can have at least 10 to 20% profit and I can pay taxes, super, all of that and I do not have to question whether or not I can because of the way that it's been built and that is thanks to traders and business and what they've taught me and what I've learned. So there you go. There's some real people. We did not pay them to say those things. <laughs> and I think that sounds a lot better than Coxie and I reading them out. We really would love for you to check out more about how you could take your trade business to where you would like it to be. Surely you have a vision of what things could be like or what you wish they were like on a day-to-day -day basis, mm -hmm. um, whether that is reducing stress or actually making more money. Maybe it's spending more time with the family, taking more holidays, having the choice mm. that you really wanted when you started your business instead of this beast that seems to be there for many of you listening to this program. So if you want to find out more about how we do this through the Tradiepreneur program, Coxie's going to tell you all about it. <laughs> I'm actually not. I'm going to be really secretive and uh, keep all of our magic up our sleeves. What I would like you to do, though, is head on over to tradiesandbusiness.com.au. You can learn all about us, why we do what we do, and how you can work with us, what that actually looks like. There's a whole bunch of free stuff there for you to download, uh, lots of options. We've always got new stuff going up onto the website and a great place for you to learn a whole bunch more about how you can work with us. You can even book a 15-minute chat. For free free that's how abundant we are so head over to the website uh, check it out book a chat with us and we'd love to find out if you'd be a great fit for the tradiepreneur community and start hanging out with some of those people that you just heard from <laughs> we, we talked uh, about you know a little tongue-in-cheek and sadly so that uh, many small business owners don't have much in their superannuation yep. funds um, for for many people listening to this, they're probably thinking, well, I don't have, you know, three quarters of a million dollars to buy uh, commercial premises yep. out of my super fund. Um, what about someone who has a smaller balance? Normally, we'd go and borrow money. Is that is that feasible within self-managed super? Well, um, a number of years ago, they, the, the section, um, I'm talking too technical here, but section 67 of the Act says that an SMSF can't borrow uh, only in, in certain circumstances. And they... Uh, legislation appeared in SMSF a few years back. They added one of the circumstances um, to be at what's called a limited recourse borrowing arrangement, which means that if you've got, you know, 100, 200 grand in cash sitting in your fund, you can go to a mortgage broker and there's a, there's quite a few that do it. The banks have pulled out of this recently, but you can go to a broker and there's some there's some places that will, will do borrowing inside your SMSF. Now, this is a, it's reasonably complex. You need to set up a whole new structure called a bear trust. Mm -hmm. So the super fund, Whilst the legislation says the super fund can borrow, the super fund itself can't actually borrow. You have to set up a, a structure called a, a bear trust, which essentially holds the, the the property on behalf of the super fund whilst it has a, a, a borrowing in place. And as soon as the borrowing is paid off, you can transfer the fund, the property inside your fund. So look, uh, it just means that with a small balance, you can access um access the properties that you may not be able to access whilst you're just relying on your, your cash. Be mindful at the moment that interest rates inside super are, are probably double what they are outside. So mm. um, I, I, we got quoted the other day around about 7.5% uh, 
for, for borrowing inside an SMSF. But it's possible, absolutely. It's it's again um, arm's length. You can even lend yourself. You can even you don't have to go to a bank to borrow. You can if you've got the money outside of super and you don't want to take advantage of the contribution caps. You can you can lend the mm. the fund yourself, but it needs to be at arm's length. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. So commercial rates and all that sort of stuff, and the usual and rates. yeah yeah loan agreement. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yep. And for me, this just continues to point to having an expert like yourself actually mm. handle it because uh, the thing that, that always blew my mind as a young bloke studying tax law and everything at uni was that by the time I'd finished a semester of tax study, it was all obsolete because they'd changed all the bloody laws. Yeah. Uh, we're kind of lucky in, in, in SMSF particularly, not right now. We've, we've got a Labor government trying to, trying to knock us over, but um, generally the changes that come in, uh, something like the LRBA, that's that's once in a decade change in terms of how we do things. Generally, it's uh, things like contribution caps um, might change, mm. uh, pension limits and things like that. But generally, we don't see a lot. One of the one of the important changes recently, which will be of interest um, to your audience in respect to looking at self-managed super and buying property is there's um, non-arms length income. Um, ATO are looking quite heavily into... And to use an example, I have a self-managed super fund and I do my accounting for my own self-managed super fund. Um, in the past, we could have probably not charged ourselves for, for that service. But um, but now the way the legislation is set up is if I don't charge myself the three grand, do that out of my superannuation, then um, the all, all of my income could be taxed at 45% as opposed to uh, 15% inside super and it's relevant to say builders, for example, that might be looking at self-managed super fund and saying, "Hey, why don't we pull our pull our super? We'll go we'll go and buy a, a knockdown, and we'll we'll put something up, and we'll just charge cost." Um, it, it's very very um, very very scary. There's been a few cases that have gone through where you know that potentially any income earned from that property forever, and not not just the income, but capital gains will be taxed at 45%. So you lose half your super by doing that. So if you are looking at setting up a SMSF to, to, to you know, and it, and it look, a lot of builders do it, mm-hmm. but you need to be charging yourself market market rates. Matt, I... <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, I'm I'm struggling to stay off my soapbox here. Please do, please. Uh, Matt, I have long been baffled by... The intent behind the whole superannuation concept, and I, and I think you know, largely it's been a great idea. It's a great um, initiative in Australia, but it seems that there's this conflict between creating self-funded retirees, which is what I always thought superannuation was supposed to be about, yep. and then all of this stuff that almost makes it too complicated, um, not attractive enough, and people just don't put money in there because... Yep. They don't see the point. And so then we have all of these non-self-funded retirees, particularly in small business land, which make up a huge proportion of the taxpayer base in Australia. Yep. Am I am I just a cranky old man or is there something <laughs> oh, look, I, I think um, the benefits, uh, I mean, uh, until last night where they confirmed this $3 million limit, um, I mean, for most people, that's not going to make much difference, um, mm. the $3 million cap. But Unfortunately. The, the, I mean, the benefit of having your money inside super um, as you get closer towards retirement is that you that if you've got you know assets sitting outside of super you're in a taxable environment so you're still 
your, your, your um, the marginal tax rate applies, whereas in superannuation, you've, it's it's fifteen percent on all income. Um, and if you're in pension phase inside of uh, self-managed super fund, then it's, it's tax-free. So essentially, you, you can have your assets sitting in a tax-free environment. Um, whereas, you know, and, and this $3 million cap that the Labor government is proposing is essentially trying to get that those assets back into a taxable environment to, you know, to, to help with, you know, with extra tax. But, oh, look, the benefits are there. You're being very measured. That was very I am, I'm trying, diplomatic. <laughs> I'm trying to be diplomatic. You're but, being apolitical. Um, I love it. That's right. So it's it's kind of uh, the benefits are there. Um, and again, you need to be working with a specialist to make sure you're taking mm. advantage of it. So we see a lot of um, a lot of funds come across our desks where you know they might have ten or ten or so pension accounts set up in them where they only need one and they're paying more tax than they need to. So it's that's it's right. really making sure that you're speaking to someone that knows what they're doing. Yeah, because it, at the end of the day, it is easy for cranky old men like me to go, ah, super's a waste of time. It's too complicated yep. and they keep attacking it. Why would I put money into there? But the reality is, even at a $3 million cap, that's a that's a cracking um, tax concessional amount of money to have when you roll around to your 60s. That's and, right. Yep. You know, you're avoiding a crap load of tax by using that tool. It may not be as good as it was. It may not be as good as we want it to be. But it's still it's still a very um, tax effective environment to hold investments, right? Yeah, that's right. Providing you, you you're engaged with it, if you just if if you, all you're interested in is is getting that quarterly statement and you're happy to to earn whatever um, you know the, the the box that you've ticked when you've done your application, then stay with stay with industry funds, stay with retail. But if you if you want to get more engaged, and um, it's like everything, the more effort you put in, the more you get out of it. So if you mm. um, you know. If you're if you're looking at self money super, if you just we have clients that that you know just let it sit and they're only in it because they can get access to investments. You know, a lot of people are very property focused and outside of super, so why not do the same with your super? It's just another vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that uh, I talk to clients about a lot is is you know we we go to uni, we we go we go through high school, we go to uni, we spend so much time on our careers. In, in, in generating that income, but we don't think about our super and you, and you could be retired longer than you're in, your, in the workforce. So mm-hmm. it's about really thinking about, you know, do I want to get to 67 um, and, and start again or do I want to be making an effort now so when I do get to 67 and my career income um, goes away and, and, mm-hmm. and I'm reliant on my, on my retirement income, do I want to start from scratch or do I want to start with, with a, a bigger platform, bigger base? So... It's really about engagement, yeah. And that's where that's whether you're in SMSF or not. So it's really right. understand knowing how to read your member statement and things like that. Yeah, it's it's Nick and I obviously are banging on about tradies in business all the time. Uh, our listeners obviously know that, and I'm still amazed that some people have been listening to this podcast for the entire uh, time it's been running, which is almost ten years now. Uh, I think yep. we're in our ninth year or something. But um, it, just taking an interest is is sometimes enough to improve things. You know, if you take an interest yeah. in your business, if you take an interest in your marketing or your staff, you can make some change there. It just it becomes a little bit automatic as humans. You know, yeah. we notice when things aren't going as well as we want them to be, and so then we just unconsciously do stuff. And I guess it's mm-hmm. the same with superannuation. Uh, you know, I'm guilty of just parking mine over the years. You know, I left the planning industry. I had, was disillusioned with the whole thing and I just shoved it in a fund and 
did nothing with it. Uh, and so, yeah. you know, it was just, just lacked interest in it and therefore I didn't get any interest. Boom, boom. But, exactly. uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. And we, see, we see it all the time and look, that's fine. Like there's plenty of people that, and sometimes it's a little bit of a, it's in the too hard basket. Superannuation mm. is, I get it. It's, it's, it's boring, right? There's, there's nothing exciting about what we do. Um, but it's, if you, as I said before, if you think about your, your, your life, the, the, the life timeline, um, you know, you're reliant on either being self-funded or you're reliant on the government for, for you know, with uh, life expectancies now, anyone born now is looking at, you know, 105, 106 years old, then, you know, you're going to be retired longer than you're working um, mm. for some of us. So uh, I think it's essential to, to show some interest in, in where that money goes from your employer. Yeah. And to, choose your hard either you want to rely on the government to look after you for 30 or 40 years or you want to rely on yourself and i think as tradies particularly listening to this i don't think they're big on relying on other people or they're always of the opinion if you want something done properly you do it yourself and here's the mm -hmm. perfect opportunity mm. and yeah just be they just need to be aware that it's um it, it, taking an interest does take some time as well you can't sort of um and there's no shortcuts with self-managed super that's for sure mm. I think it's a great opportunity uh, for everyone. And I've seen a real rise in the interest in investing um, for a long time. You know, I was a kid, mum, dad had shares. I remember the conversations being really complex. It's not something I've ever delved into yet. My kids, so two out of my five have share portfolios and are investing already. And they're very young. One's not even 21. The other one's 26. Yep. Um, because it's become easy for them to start to get that interest with um through i guess podcasts and things teaching them about what to look for how what's safe what's not safe what's uh experimental and of course they're in a very experimental time in their lives so i, I feel like this is another one of those uh, vehicles i think you said earlier matt yep. that can create that ideal outcome that they're all looking for and it's going to be I, I guess with the learning that they're all doing now with micro investing apps and things it's yeah. going to help contribute to what they would need to know to be able to do what is necessary yeah absolutely I think it's a, it's it's about again it's about control it's about um, that generation you know look at uh, my, my kids are younger um, but it's all about control of, of what they do mm. so I can see something like self me super being a lot more important to mm. them than it has been to, to us coming through. So, and you got to remember like it, superannuation itself is still reasonably new in our country. You know, yeah. it's, there's a reason why our generation is having to talk to people about strategies to increase their super because we didn't have it, um, you know, at the start. So um, for them to be, you know, we, we obviously my kids know what super is, um, you know, because we talk about it all the time, but, um, getting them to understand what where that money goes and why they don't get it because you know you start your first job they don't quite understand why the tax office gets half of it and then you know, you've got to also send, <laughs> send stuff off for retirement so they don't have, you know <laughs> when you're 17 you don't you don't think about being 67 so or probably 75 by the time they get there that's right um, you know so I think it's good it's great that um, and, and things like buying shares again yeah. Um, you can go to an industry fund and a retail fund and, and you can get access to some of that um, flexibility, mm -hmm. but, you know, because um, depending where you go to a retail fund, you can only get access to whatever they got on their list. You can't decide where you want to put your money. 
um, um, if they're if they're learning how to use and, and invest in shares now, then they're going to want to carry that through. Mm. Yeah, Matt, um, can we wrap up with some do's and don'ts? Kind of drop this on you, which which is the way we do things here at the Tradies and Business Podcast. Yeah. Uh, but are there some some main do's and don'ts for people listening to this when it comes to self managed super? Yeah, uh, well, the first one is to educate yourself. Um, don't listen to what everyone says at the barbecue because, um, you know, um, they'll, they'll either be, Terry. They'll be wrong um, <laughs> nine out of ten times. And, and look, it, it's uh, a self-managed super fund is, is, uh, is specific to you, to you, not to, you know, what your outcomes, what your desired outcomes are. So, so I, I'd educate yourselves and, um, and there's lots of – you can get it free um, – I'll also give myself a quick plug with my other accounting firm is we have a uh, best practice SMSF is a chartered accounting firm that provides uh, educational tools and resources to, to Australians that have an interest in self-managed super. So you can, you can visit our website and have a look uh, at that there, but there's plenty of free resources on the ATO's website as well to, to an ASIC to find out more about super. Don't, don't go in without having some idea of what your responsibilities will be. Mm, love it. Mm. Yeah, I'd probably go and check yours out before I read the ATO stuff. Yeah, but thank anyway. you. <laughs> and that's not to... from a technical point of view, but just from a... My mind comes with a small fee. But... Ease of reading. <laughs> I don't care, mate. I'd pay <laughs> your fee just so I don't have to read the... And look, and, and if you do make the decision to set up a self-managed fund, then speak to a specialist and shop around. Make sure you get a good deal because um, it's it, you pay for what you get with self-managed super and keep that in mm. mind. Um, setting up a self-managed super fund can be done online, but I wouldn't. Um, I'd use a lawyer to, to mm. do all that. Uh, just make sure that you and, – and things like um, some of the things associated with self-managed super, uh, one thing we haven't talked about is that you can have life insurance inside a self-managed super fund. Um, your superannuation, if people aren't aware, doesn't form part of your will. So, so if you've got a will in place and you do set up a, um, a self-managed super fund, and for those that even don't, um, you need to consider um, – where your super will go when you die, because if you die without a, a, what we call a, a, a death benefit deed or a, or a binding um, nomination, um, your super is that the uh, the trustee can decide where your super goes because it doesn't form part of your will. So little mm. things like that, just when you're setting up these structures, make sure you use a lawyer. Mm. Usual story, I'm sure licensed plumbers and licensed electricians and licensed builders would all be advocating to use licensed tradespeople. That's right. Uh, and it's exactly the same in this area, gang. So, um, Matt, what are your what are your contact dates as well? Again, just um, so our listeners grab those. Well, you can visit us at uh, com, and if you've got an interest in, in finding out more about SMSF, you can um, visit www.bestpracticesmsf.com.au. Um, for, info, for tools and resources, but if you if you've made the decision to set up a self managed super fund, uh, lifetime SMSF can certainly help you on the way. Love thanks, it, Matt. Matt. Thank you so much for, oh, uh, for having me out with a cranky old Pleasure. man and uh, and a trading wife. <laughs> and look, I'll, I'll get, uh, my email address is Matt at lifetimesmsf.com.au. That's Matt Hat. Um, if anyone's got any questions, I'm happy to answer them. 
Thanks, Brilliant. Matt. That's really helpful. Send all your spam to Matt. And uh, <laughs> if you've got some money in super and you haven't looked at it for a while, or if you've got a super fund somewhere floating around, go and check it out. Mm. And uh, you might be able to do some more stuff with it than you realize. Um, so get in touch with Matt and the team. And uh, yeah, take an interest in your, in your money, gang. You've been listening to the Tradies and Business Podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesandbusiness.com.au.